from Las Vegas. You're listening to Verve Church for people who don't like church. Thanks for tuning in. So in our new series, we're talking about how we can have New Year's revolutions that truly change our life instead of New Year's resolutions, which tend not to change much. We're going to talk about six changes in identity and how we think about ourselves. And for each, we're going to talk about some pre-decisions we can make on how to actually live out who we want to be. Man, I, I used to try to make New Year's resolutions. Never really worked. And, and then a few years ago, I heard about the idea of choosing a word for the year. Like a, a word that you wanted to define the next year, that you hoped would, would lead you into the change you wanted to make, to, into the person you wanted to be. And, and I've been doing that the last few years. So like one year I chose present, present, because I want to be present in the moment instead of always focusing on something else. And uh, last year I chose with because I want to remember that God is with me and I wanted to be really with the person I was with instead of my mind somewhere else. Word for the year, kind of cool, but, but I, I want us today to think bigger. What about this? What if you could choose a one word goal for your life? What would it be? Like, let's say this word would represent your character and, and summarize what you stood for and achieved. Well, there are many options, right? You might say respected or risk taker or revenge. If your word is revenge, I might have a couple of counselors I could recommend. Uh, you could choose power, uh, popular, perpendicular. I can't imagine anyone choosing perpendicular, but I was going for P words that rhyme there. Uh, my, my friend actually did an informal survey on this exact question, and three of the most common responses were successful, influential, happy. I get that. Those are good choices. But I believe there is a much better one, a word that should motivate us each day and inspire us to live for what lasts. Why? Why am I so convinced that this is the best word? Because when we get to heaven, if we've lived a life that pleases God, he is not going to say, well done, my good and successful servant, or well done, my good and influential servant, or well done, my good and happy servant. I'm guessing that God wants us to be successful, influential, and happy, I just don't think they're his top priorities because when we get to heaven, if we've lived a life that pleases him, God will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So if you could choose a one word goal to describe your life, what would it be? And there are many options, but if you're someone who loves God, I don't think any is better than faithful. If in the end, uh, that's what God will be looking for and commending. Well, then let's plan ahead to that all-important moment and just pre-decide right now, I am faithful. Now, you may be new to church or, or just coming back after a while. Maybe uh, faith is something kind of new to you. 
If so, I get it that you might not be like, faithful is my word. I get, we get that. And we've got something great for you. It's a four-week group called Discover. It's happening on uh, Wednesdays online. Uh, it's just four weeks long. It is a great way to discover who God is, what Christians believe, why they believe, and how to grow in your faith. Um, you, can, you can find out more. You can sign up at verve.cc. Click that Discover button. Man, we, we want to, to have and grow in faith. I love what Martin Luther King said. He said, God is still around. One day you're going to need him. The problems of life will begin to overwhelm you. Disappointments will begin to beat upon the door of your life like a tidal wave. And if you don't have a deep and patient faith, you aren't going to be able to make it. I think that's true. We want, I think you want a deep faith and discover is a great place to move towards that. And we want to live faithful lives. I am faithful. The reason we're predeciding to be faithful is because we will never be faithful by accident. We need to decide. But why? Because, because we love what's easy. But, but, but being faithful is rarely easy, right? It's never difficult to cut corners, fudge the, the truth, or, or take the easy way out. But living with integrity, doing what's right, honoring God consistently takes a lot of work and a lot of help from God. Compromising our values is convenient but there's always a cost. Faithfulness, on the other hand, rarely easy. People may laugh at you. You might, you might feel left out or left behind. Uh, it, it will likely be considerably harder than you expected. But faithfulness honors God, and God honors faithfulness. If you are faithful, it will be difficult and you will pay a price Oh, but it will be totally worth it. So worth it. So, question. Ready? What does it even mean to be faithful? So, so I thought about this. If, if you asked me years ago, I think I would have said, what does it mean to be faithful? Well, it means you don't cheat, right? You don't cheat on your spouse. You're faithful to your spouse. You don't cheat on your, on your taxes. You don't use cheat codes on video games. And, and there is truth in that. But when you study how Jesus talked about faithfulness, you see that it has more uh, depth. You realize that Jesus usually talked about faithfulness in three specific contexts. He talked about faithfulness in how you treat people, how you steward resources, and how you respond to God. So, to live faithful lives, we're going to make three pre-decisions. Uh, one, every interaction is an opportunity to add value. Two, every resource is an opportunity to multiply. And three, every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. And we can do this. We can be faithful. So let's talk about how, okay? So first, every interaction is an opportunity to add value. But there's a problem. If you're anything like me, there's someone you're thinking about every time you interact with someone. And that someone you're thinking about is yourself, right? We are so focused on ourselves. It's why when a group picture is taken, the first person we look at is ourselves. And if we look good, it's a good picture. Even if everyone else's eyes are closed and, and, and you know, it, somebody's mid-sneeze, <laughs> 
<laughs> like the picture's awful, but if you look good, it's a good picture, right? And, and if that was just true of pictures, but no, we, we take that same self-centered approach into most of our interactions with people. You know, we, we, we find ourselves wondering, what does this person think of me? Do they like me? Are, are they down with my clothes, my style, my flow, my, my conversation? If so, why didn't they mention anything about it? Did I say the right thing? Should I have not said that? What, 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 what am I going to get out of this interaction? Can they do something for me? That, that's just the natural way people think. But we don't have to live a natural, self-centered life. But because God lives inside us through his Holy Spirit, and so we can live a supernatural, others-focused life. And so, because of our, our desire to be faithful, we predecide that every interaction is an opportunity to add value. It's what Jesus did. It's what we're called to do. Um, I'll show you one example. I mean, it's one of the themes of the entire Bible, but Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. What if every time you interact with someone, you look to meet a need or be an encouragement? What, what if you predecided every time I interact with someone, I'm gonna to try to meet a need or be an encouragement? And that, that's what we see Jesus doing. He never let circumstances or, or selfishness impact how he acted. He loved blessed, encouraged, met needs, forgave. Man, isn't that who you want to be? You think about the people who you love being around, who have had a real positive impact in your life. Were they negative and selfish? No. We want to be faithful to God by viewing every interaction with others as an opportunity to love and add value, meet needs. Uh, listen, um, God put you in the place you live so you can love those neighbors for him. God gave you the job you have so you can be a blessing to your coworkers. If you're on social media, God wants to use you to use it in a way that you do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you, shining like bright lights, holding out to them a message of life. God gave you friends who need hope. God will show you a single parent who needs help. God will, will put someone in your path today who needs healing, and you can love that person. You can add value to their life, and if you do that, you will be faithful. Man, you have no idea, no idea how God can use your faithfulness in other people's lives. Man, you commit to live this way. And then you do something that feels small to you, but you did it because you predecided every interaction. I'm going to try to encourage, meet needs, love. And so you do something and it's small, but then you find out later, you realize that it had a big impact on this person. We want to be faithful. And so every interaction, we add value. Second, every resource is an opportunity to multiply. Every resource is an opportunity to multiply. You know how words have 
like an opposite, like the like the opposite of beautiful is ugly, of truth is lie, of government is efficiency. <laughs> did, did you ever notice uh, that some dis, D-I-S words, sort of dis words don't have an opposite? I, I, I realize this. Some do. Like the opposite of disconnected is connected. The opposite of disagree is agree. But the opposite of disheveled is not sheveled, right? No one has ever said, look at me, I'm very sheveled. The opposite of disgusted is not gusted, right? No one said, hey, I'm so gusted with you. No, no, right? Or, or what's the opposite of disgruntled? It ain't gruntled. I'm pretty gruntled today. No, right? Also, I wonder if you can be reckless why can't you be wreckful? Like, I'm, I'm just feeling very wreckful. Do I have a point? Yes, I do, believe it or not. I want you to think about this. What is the opposite of faithful? Actually, if you wanna uh, participate, you wanna make this interaction today, we'd love that in the chat room. What would you say is the opposite of faithful, but what if you can't use the word unfaithful, okay? No unfaithful. What would you say is the opposite of faithful? I think we get some help from a story Jesus told about a man who gave away bags of gold like Oprah gives out cars to audience members. Man, that reference is almost 20 years old. Let's go. So, so Jesus tells a story in the book of Matthew, chapter 25, about a man who's about to go out on a journey. Uh, before he leaves, he trusts his wealth, and he ain't got a lot, he's got a lot, to his servants. This rich dude gives one servant five bags of gold. Another uh, gets another five bags of gold, and then a third gets one bag. Now, reading this, the whole thing gives me strange Scrooge McDuck, McDuck vibes. You remember Scrooge McDuck? That's even older than 20 years. But the, the, the first uh, two servants go to work strategically investing the money so they might have more to give back when rich dude returns. You, you can kind of imagine them. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to make the most of the money. So they're watching Lion's Den, which was the precursor to Shark Tank. <laughs> they're trying to look, you know, watching this show for new companies so they can jump on their IPO. They're examining some bond and annuity options. They're buying some Dogecoin and hoping for another big run. They're analyzing the price to earnings ratio of various stocks, wondering if they should invest in Olive Garden, which at that point in Jesus' time did not have unlimited salad and breadsticks because back then Olive Garden was just a garden of olives. It was an olive garden. Well, whatever they decided, they made wise investments and both were uh, doubled what they were given. Uh, so they have 10 good bags of gold to give back, lots of gold. When Rich Dude returns, he tells each of them, it's in Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Notice they multiply the master's resources and the word Jesus uses to describe them is faithful. And one way you can be faithful to God is to care for and multiply what he's given you. That is faithfulness.
So uh, God's given you a yard, make it a better yard. God's given you a clunker of a car, make sure you have the cleanest clunker of a car on the road. God's given you a clunker of a body, take care of your clunker body as best you can. God's given you some time, use it to bless and serve others. God's given you some money. How can you best steward it and multiply its impact for his kingdom? Because that is faithfulness. You are being faithful when you multiply the resources God has given you. Jesus says, that's faithfulness. So, remember our question, what's the opposite of being faithful? Remember, rich dude, uh, rich dude trusted three servants with his wealth. We've seen the faithfulness of the first two, but what about the third? We're told that he was afraid. He feared investing the money because he might lose the money. And I guess it's easy to judge him, but I kind of feel for the guy. Like I can think of times when I was afraid to make a mistake, especially with something I knew didn't belong to me. He was scared, and so he hid the gold in the ground. And when the master comes back, this servant digs the money out from where he had hid it, and he approaches rich dude. After all that digging, he was probably disheveled. He certainly wasn't sheveled, though he had recently shoveled. Thank you very much. He, he gives back all the money just as he received it. He, he was given a bag of gold. He gives back a bag of gold. What should the master say to him? Perhaps... Well done, good and faithful servant. You played it safe. You knew it wasn't your money, so you didn't risk losing it. But nope, rich dude is not gusted. He is disgusted, disappointed, and disgruntled. And he says to the third servant, you wicked, lazy servant. You wicked, lazy servant. The other two were faithful. Why? Because they multiplied what they were given. This servant is called wicked and lazy. Why? Because he did not multiply what he was given. Note, he didn't lose any. He didn't steal a speck of gold. There was no uh, misappropriation of funds. The master called him wicked and lazy simply because He did not multiply what he was given. So I asked you for the opposite of faithful. And we learn here that to Jesus, the opposite of faithful is lazy. That's what Jesus says. When we are lazy with the resources God has given us, we are not faithful. In fact, it's wicked what Jesus said, you wicked and lazy servant. So what has God given you? What has God given you? And how can you be faithful to him by multiplying every one of those resources? Uh, Like one example, uh, God has given you some time. Do Do you know how much time you have? Same as everyone else, 168 hours a week. How can you be faithful with the time God has given you? One way, for sure, there's others. But one way is by serving. God calls everyone to have a place where they serve in their church. 
but I know, I know, I know, I know. You got a lot going on. You don't have time for that. Yeah, but you want to be faithful. So you find time. I mean, you find time to be on social media, to watch TV. You find a lot of time to do a lot of things. You can find an hour a week to serve. I don't know, it might not even be an hour. Um, I know if, if you're not here in Vegas, maybe you're part of our Verve family and you live somewhere else, there are ways to serve if you're part of Verve Online. Uh, we have people who, who live in Texas, who live in Virginia, New York, whatever, who are serving, and you can too. And if you're interested in learning how and actually starting to serve, that would be awesome. If you go to verve.cc and click volunteer, uh, we will connect with you and help you find a place where you can make a difference, where you can serve. So... We want to live faithful lives, uh, and so we're going to make three pre-decisions. One, every interaction is an opportunity to add value. Two, every resource is an opportunity to multiply. And three, every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. Every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. What do I mean by prompting? Um, so I'll, I'll tell you this story. Maybe this will help. Uh, years ago, when my wife and I were just engaged, uh, we went out to lunch with a, a kind of well-known, well-respected pastor and his wife. Um, I'm, I'm like a young guy. I'm, I'm in um, seminary at the time. And this guy asked me a question. And so I started answering his question. And I was answering and I'm explaining and giving the details. And, and it seemed like my wife was kind of looking at me weird whatever. And I just kept explaining my answer. And then she kicked me under the table. And I said, hey, why did you kick me under the table? And she said, you're not supposed to say that I kicked you under the table. And so she was trying to get through to me without saying anything, but I just was not picking up on the signal. And God tries to get through to us. God is a relational God. Because he is relational, he loves to speak to us. He speaks to us in different ways. Uh, God will speak through his word, the Bible, uh, through circumstances, through other people, by prompting us through his spirit. The good news is that you can grow to learn to recognize God's voice speaking to you. Just, just like with me and my wife, with Jen, like if, if I, that look, I didn't know what that look meant today. I know what that look means. I've learned. And it may take a little time to discern when it's God prompting you or speaking to you, when it's not God, is that God? But the more time you spend with him, in relationship with him, the more you sense his direction. And when God prompts uh, d directs or, or speaks to you, I can promise you one thing. Your response will take faith. We see this in the Bible in Acts chapter 20. Uh, the apostle Paul, who was like one of the early movers and shakers in Christianity, he was in a city called Ephesus, and he was happy to be there. But then he announces uh, that he is leaving Ephesus to go to Jerusalem. And he says that he fears that when he gets there, he's going to face prison and hardships. And he leaves his friends in Ephesus in tears. Why did Paul leave? Why would he leave a great place with great friends to go to a place where he thinks he's going to get thrown in prison and, and have hardship? Well, he says, he says, uh, the reason he's leaving is he is compelled 
by the Spirit. Compelled by the Spirit. Uh, the words in the original Greek language that we have translated into English as compelled by the Spirit, uh, the original Greek words are deo honam, deo honam, which sounds almost like what you ordered at that Thai restaurant the other day, but it literally means to be wrapped up or like to be bound with cords. Wow. Man, Paul is like, I can't explain it, but this is a leading from God and I have to do it. I'm bound to do what God is calling me to do, even if it leads to prison and hardship. If you commit to following Jesus, he will lead you. He will prompt you. And faithfulness is obeying even when you don't know what will happen next or even if you think it's going to be bad. And I've, uh, I've had times like where I felt led to reach out to someone. I, I didn't hear a voice. It wasn't like, whoa. I just kind of had a thought, you know, just like this, I should call him. And, uh, and so I called the person. And even though I felt a little weird about it, the person says, wow, how did you know? How did you know to call me today? Well, I, I didn't. Um, I've had times where I felt led to give someone money, and they were like, you have no idea. I've had times where I felt led to go somewhere. And, and every time, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm never sure it's God. Like, like I've, over the years, I've gotten more sure, but, but I'm still like... I think that's God. And I always think, but it might not help, and it might be awkward, and it might be weird, and, and this person might. But, but what I have learned is um, my responsibility is to obey. God's responsible for the outcome. And I have learned that if I do obey, if I follow the prompting, and I have no idea what God might do, uh, often it's beyond what I was imagining. And you have no idea what God might do. He will use your faithfulness. And we want to be faithful. And that means pre-deciding that we will obey every prompting. Uh, Jesus, I mean, just, just, just tell the person, you know, you don't have to make it weird. Just tell the person very humbly, hey, I, I think I'm supposed to tell you this. Or um, I felt like I should text you. Or I, I just kind of felt led to bless you. I wanted, I wanted to do that. Let's decide today. I will be faithful in obeying every prompting. You know, in, in that story Jesus told, the, the two guys who were faithful with the gold, uh, the rich dude gave them more. So, so they got five, they gave back 10, and the, the rich guy says, here's the 10 and more. And that applies to our lives too. When you're faithful with the little, God will trust you with much. Be, be, be faithful, man. Be, be faithful in each little small thing and God will trust you with more. Every interaction is an opportunity to add value. Every resource is an opportunity to multiply and every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. I am faithful. I'm gonna pray, we're doing a song. And then we got something else. Don't leave till the end of the service. Let's pray. God, I, I don't think there's a better word that we could choose for this year or for our lives than faithful. God, would you help us to be faithful? Not just to not cheat, but God, would you help us to multiply our resources? 
God, would you help us to obey your promptings? God, would you help us to add value to, in each interaction we have with another person, God? Because we represent you. We want to be faithful to you. We know that you are faithful to us. God, help us to actually live this out. I am faithful. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.